Hello and welcome to the very first Dig a Bit for our 2022-23 study of God's comfort. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we might be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. I don't know how we could find a more generous portion of comfort than we find in those two verses. And I hope that as we study through these two verses and their many tentacles throughout the Word of God this year, that we will find great peace, peace that passes understanding, that we will find great comfort both in our relationship with God and in our relationships with each other. We're going to talk just for a little bit about the context of this verse historically. We're going to talk about Corinth. And the first question, as a matter of fact, required a little bit of research in a Bible encyclopedia or by Googling to find out what it would have been like to live in Corinth, especially to be a Christian in Corinth at the time of this writing of Paul. This is from the second epistle of Paul to the church at Corinth. I believe there was probably one more epistle that wasn't included in our canon, but this is the second epistle that we have from Paul to the church at Corinth. And I ask you to just do a little bit of research to find out exactly how life might have been. And I can't say exactly how because we can't know that if we're looking 2,000 years ago. But what was it like? What was it like in first century Corinth? And how would this have affected my relationship with God and my relationship with my brethren in Corinth? Why would I have been in need of the great comfort of God in that society? Well, I want to just, in this little dig a bit, just give you five core tenets of life in first century Corinth. I'm not an expert on this, obviously, but there are five things that I just want us to think about that I want us to cement in our minds as we begin this study about first century Corinth. Number one, it was very cosmopolitan. By cosmopolitan, I mean that it had a great mixture of different kinds of people from different cultures. It wasn't limited to the natives, obviously, of this particular part of Greece, but it was a, a very, very much a melting pot of different cultures and different ideas. We find mainly Greek, Hellenistic, and Roman people there, but of course it wasn't limited to that because Corinth was the thoroughfare. It was the stopping place in between Rome and the Eastern world of that day. It was the place where you went to spend the night and while you were there, you exchanged ideas with many people of many cultures. And so if you'd, if you'd been to Corinth, then you'd been around the block. That was the place. That was the 
some, I was reading one commentator who said the Hollywood, the San Francisco, the London, the Paris, the New York of the world was Corinth in the first century. So it was a very, number one, cosmopolitan society. Number two, it was wealthy. I mean, we can just look at archaeology today in Corinth at the ruins that are there and understand that it was a mecca, jewelers, bankers, shopkeepers, lawyers. It was a very wealthy place to live. So if you were a Christian in Corinth, you were living in a wealthy, affluent part of the world. And so there was a, an extra uh, temptation of the devil to fight there because money... Uh, I was reading another commentator who was listing the idols, but he said probably the number one idol was money. Money was the number one idol of Corinth. It was cosmopolitan, it was wealthy, and number three, it was steeped in sexual sin. There was in ancient Rome and Greece a saying, and it was a name that you could be called, Corinthiazomai, and it meant to act a Corinthian literally, but what it meant, it was a euphemism for sex. I mean, if you acted the Corinthian, then you were sexually profligate, sexually active. It meant sex. To be a Corinthian meant you were having sexual relations. So it was steeped in sexual sin. So number four is probably just following on the heels of those three. It was intimidating to Christians. It was a place in which if you were a Christian, you would be tempted to hide that fact. You would be tempted to be embarrassed because you had a, a moral code that was very, very backward in the eyes of the enlightened, sexually free Corinthians. And number last, it was steeped in idolatry that centered on prostitution, pederasty, and sexual orgies. Pederasty is the love, sexual lust, really, that a man, and sometimes men of high positions in this culture, would have with a young boy, pederasty. Religions were centered on pederasty. That was the, if you will, the, the sacredness I, and I hate to even use that word because it seems so blasphemous, but they considered that relationship a sacred part of some of their idolatrous rituals. So that idolatry, and again, that tells us what idolatry is. It's doing whatever you want to do. It's making the God be whatever you want him to be. So they, there was idolatry that centered on prostitution, pederasty, and sexual parties and orgies and fulfillment. So in ancient Corinth, there were cults to Aphrodite, who was the protectress of the city um, in the minds of the people there. Apollo, Demeter, Thesmophorus, 
Hera, Poseidon, and Helios. And there were various buildings built to the cult heroes, the founders of the city. And in addition to those gods, there were several sacred springs, sacred fountains of water. And so, number one, it was a cosmopolitan city. Number two, it was a wealthy city. Number three, it was a st city steeped in sexual sin. Number four, it was intimidating to Christians. And number five, it was immersed in idolatry that centered on sexual sin, prostitution, pederasty, and orgies of all kinds. Blessed be, oh, a Christian in Corinth would have been comforted by these words. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. I hope that you're having a profitable study. I know that it was very easy to get lost in research about Corinth because you can just go on and on. But I hope maybe these five points will give us some a springboard at least to talk about what it felt like to be a Christian in Corinth and how very needed the comfort of God was in that society for Christians. Have a great day.